Hello everyone, thanks for tuning into our podcast, What Really Works, brought to you by Discovery College. Discovery College is an initiative run by the Kelowna branch of the Canadian Mental Health Association that offers free courses to anyone and everyone to support our well-being and learn skills that are both professionally informed and informed by lived experience. Hello, What Really Works listeners. Welcome to our fancy new podcast booth courtesy of Staples. Hey Becky, how's it going? Hello. I'm doing good. I'm very excited to be in this donated podcast booth for us today. I hope we sound so crisp and fresh. Crisp audio. (laughs) (laughs) Cut that out. Cut it out. Um, what really works, listeners, it's been a while since we've podcasted, hence the awkward munching <laughs> noises. Um, we were having some trouble with our audio, especially during COVID. Becky and I were trying to self-isolate as numbers kind of increase in Kelowna, unfortunately. So um, we were having a little bit of trouble there, but now we're back at you and our fancy donated space and we're so excited to come to you with new episodes yay i know i'm super excited to be back at it chatting all about mental health because we are a mental health podcast and today we're going to be talking about stigma i love that i love it (laughs) we're just gonna be throwing in all the podcast abilities now that we have a fancy little soundboard that we're allowed to use just using sound effects when it makes no sense at all (laughs) just cricket noises randomly fireworks (laughs) although i am gonna throw this out there we went for the scary noise after saying we're gonna talk about stigma because stigma and mental health are scary things Yeah, 100%. And I think stigma is one of those things that really is lurking in the background of most mental health conversations, of really anything to do with mental health. And it's unfortunate, but it's really real. You know, there's lots of individuals out there or organizations or just our society in general that sometimes there's a lack of understanding of what mental health really is and with a lack of understanding there always comes stigma right negative things that are unjustly associated with the topic yeah 100% and part of that comes from the fact that mental health is individual and when things are individual people tend to find it difficult to maybe understand other people's perspectives and experiences and stigma comes right at you from there Yeah, it's all relative. Even if we're trying to think of a definition of mental health, you'll find that it's incredibly difficult to do so because Mm -hmm. mental health, we all have it, but it's different for every single one of us. So the way that I describe mental health as someone that lives with anxiety and depression and a few other things might be completely different than how another person describes mental health or maybe someone that's never even thought about mental health before. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing as well, is a lot of us don't even think about mental health until either it comes and strikes us in the face with our own experiences, or somebody tries to chat with us about mental health, um, because it's something that we don't necessarily see, right? And that's why it's a conversation topic that isn't spoken about much or if it is spoken people kind of do it behind closed doors being scared um so it's really tough to talk about and we've had a few podcasts now where we've spoken about mental health related things 
but we've never actually addressed fully stigma and how to talk about mental health, right? Because that's basically what underpins everything. Mm-hmm. Is It's this huge topic with lots that we can talk about. We can talk about self-care. We can talk about communication. We can talk about all of these things about how to support our mental health. But w- what is it and how do we talk to other people about it? And how do we support other people with their mental health journeys and their mental wellness? So I think one of the first and most important things for us to talk about when we've mentioned mental health and stigma is how do we start those conversations? How do we make them more comfortable? How do we open up those conversations? Yeah. And how do we ourselves begin to be okay being vulnerable and talking about mental health? There's a really big aspect of vulnerability there, especially because there is that stigma, right? It makes those conversations a little bit harder and a little bit tricky because we're afraid of what might happen, right? We don't want to have a negative experience. We want everything to go well. Um, We don't want any sort of confrontation or to be confused about anything, which um, might happen and and does a lot of the time. And that's why it's, you know, it's so scary. Well, that and as well, because I think everybody knows there's some kind of stigma about mental health. We don't want to be invalidated or we don't want to be rejected because we're trying to talk about what our experience is and what we're finding difficult to manage right now, which, again, it's part of that vulnerability part, right? It's first to be able to be open, to have those conversations, to seek out support. We have to be a little bit vulnerable. We have to be open to these experiences where they can help us to grow, but they can also sometimes not feel great. You know, it might not always be easy, but it's something that at the end of the day, if it works out, can be really supportive for us. I know that when I was trying to have the first conversations about mental health with my parents, it didn't go the way that I wanted it to. I was trying to explain anxiety to my dad. And I remember his first response was, well, what are you worried about? Everything in your life is perfect, right? Like you have money you have a boyfriend like you are living in your own apartment like all of these really great things I'm like yeah that's true but that doesn't take away from what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. with my generalized anxiety disorder yeah and that's again what makes mental health tricky as well is because it's individual it's not necessarily something that people can see all the time that people are managing And it's like each person's perspective, right? And that's why it can be so difficult sometimes having these conversations because we've kind of got to hope that the person is willing to see things from our perspective, willing to hear about what is our experience. And I know I've had kind of an experience within like my family life where mental health was never really something that was spoken about. It was kind of, I'm British, so... There's definitely a bit of that, you know, you just got to pull at your socks and get on with it. Same with being American. Yep, mm-hmm. which isn't always very helpful to say. But then I had a family member who started having like panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And it's a very visual thing to see somebody having a tough time with, right? It's, you know, you can see somebody is really struggling at that moment. And that's, I think, when maybe my family started being a little bit more open about mental health and understanding that okay like something has built up to this point um for this for my family member to kind of have this experience that we we saw with our own eyes and 
we then became you know more open to it. And that's, I don't want to say it's what we want to avoid, but that's what a support system can help with mm-hmm. is having those early conversations, being able to open up before things, hopefully before things get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. It's being able to have a conversation with a friend, with a loved one about, you know, this is what I'm experiencing right now and this is what I need support with. So how do we even start that conversation? What, like, what might be our first step? I think the first step would be context. So it's thinking about what you're experiencing right now, what's going on in that relationship that you're seeking support from, and making sure that the the conditions are good, right? You don't want to really be in a fight with someone or maybe there's some tension in the relationship. I would say that that's probably not the best time to approach someone and say, this is what I'm really struggling with. I think that maybe just saying right off the bat, you know, like, hey, I really want to like sit down and have a conversation with with you and like an open, honest conversation, giving that person a little bit of forewarning. I think that that's a good way to get started. And then just dipping in your toe, right? You don't need to launch into here's everything that I'm going through and everything that I'm struggling with. And this is everything that's so hard for me. You can start with one thing of like this particular thing has been difficult for me. And this is how you, how I would like to receive support from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important as well, because I've been on the receiving end of those conversations where somebody who's been having a, a you know, struggling with their mental health challenges and they've been like, Hey, I want to just talk. And being on the receiving end of that as, you know, being wanting to support somebody and wanting to support a loved one, obviously it's stressful hearing about somebody that you care about um, having a tough time. That's, you know, completely normal and understandable to feel that way and feel stressed by it. Um, And what is really helpful for me when somebody's talking to me about it is this is what I need. Because that then helps me as well understand what is going to be supportive because sometimes something I think is really supportive is the opposite of what that person wants and the opposite of what that person needs. So for them to say even just something so simple as what I need you not to do anything but just to listen and listen without judgment. Yeah, we're not mind readers, right? We might be seeking support but it's a great way to begin to actually open that conversation of how you can be supported by coming in with a few things of like, you know, when this happens, I just need you to listen. Or if I'm having an anxiety attack, if you just hold me or anything like that, right? Or can you check in on me with a text once a week? Like that is a great way of just beginning that initial, that first step. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to mention that just because we're asking for what we want or asking for support doesn't mean that we can receive the exact support that we want. Yeah, we need to be aware that when we're having these conversations, the person that we're asking support from also has boundaries and they also only have a limited amount of energy and resources to be able to delve out to other people, right? So it's just worth bearing that in mind that when we're thinking about what we're asking for, Maybe it's also worth asking ourselves, okay, I want to, this is what I need. Is this even in this person's capacity? Um, And if it is, and they say they can't do that, that's them actually respecting me 
and respecting themselves. Yeah. And I love that you said that that's them respecting you because at the end of the day, we need to have support from individuals or support systems that are capable of supporting us in the way that we need. Mm -hmm. There's some things that I know that I need support from my counselor for, and there's other things that I know that I need support from my parents or from my friends or from my partner. Just diversifying that support group and knowing what, trying to figure out what is appropriate for me to discuss with this person versus what is appropriate for me to discuss with this person or peer support groups or, you know, just kind of figuring out where where does this live? Yeah, and different people are going to be able to provide different types of support, right? So a parent might be able to provide a certain type of support. Joining a online community or a peer support group are going to be able to provide some maybe informed support about being able to say like, hey, I've been there or I'm there too. Um, and then also seeking out things like mental health professionals where they have a lot of knowledge um, and experience in supporting maybe what you're going through and can provide maybe some more in-depth kind of tools and things like that as well. Yeah. If you are looking to maybe broaden your support or receive some support from those that are already close to you, but you've never really had that relationship before, one of the things that we would suggest is not only what we mentioned earlier of just starting slow and, you know, kind of trying to ensure that there's look at take a look at what the relationship is like at that moment before you start that conversation, but keeping in mind that the conversations will not always go the way that we anticipate mm -hmm. and keeping that in the back of our minds and knowing that a part of being vulnerable is accepting that sometimes we might get hurt. And that is okay. It's important to be vulnerable, but all we can do is keep trying. And then we can try different things like maybe we ask whoever we're trying to receive support from or understand to, you know, look up a few things like, hey, maybe you could read this article about anxiety and then we can have a chat and I can kind of tell you what I'm going through. Yeah. And I think that's a really great suggestion because we can't put the responsibility of another person's full education on mental health or, um, you know, a mental health challenge, all these different kind of things. We can't put all of that education on ourselves because that in itself is tiring. Oh, yeah. And it's a lot of energy and resources to be constantly educating and informing those people around you. So, yeah, like the suggestion of like, here's a great YouTube video. Here's an article. And if you have questions from this, if you have questions about my experience related to this, like, please feel free to ask and I'll answer if I'm comfortable or if I feel like I'm in a space to be able to do that. But it's kind of can be a great starting point for getting those around you to become a little bit more knowledgeable about maybe what you're experiencing. I guess my question is, we've spoken a little bit about how we can reach out if we're having a tough time with our mental health but what can we do if maybe we are noticing a friend a loved one I think the first thing that we would want to keep in mind is we want to address that person's behavior rather than addressing the person themselves so let's say that you have a friend that you've noticed is maybe seems as though they're having a really tough time or maybe they're not as active in your social circle as much as they usually are 
Um, perhaps they're not texting you as back as much. Um, they're not going out as much rather than approaching that person and being like, hey, you're not coming out with us anymore. What's wrong? Yeah. It's more of a conversation of, hey, I noticed that you weren't at the barbecue last Sunday. What was going on? Like, are you feeling okay? Is there anything I can do? Um, would you rather hang out just you and I? Those sort of conversations. Yeah, and I think wording it so it's open and definitely not saying what's wrong. When you say what's wrong, you're saying like that person's behavior is bad or they're doing something wrong when they're not. They're just managing the way that they can right now. They're doing the best that they can. That's okay. And if you leave it open, then, you know, they can come back to you with what they feel comfortable with, if they feel comfortable. And also think about how that person's behavior might be affecting you in ways that you're not immediately thinking about. So perhaps this friend missed a barbecue that you really wanted to see them at and you're feeling a little bit upset that they weren't there or you haven't seen them in a while and you're missing them. Before that conversation and before you're checking in on someone, think about what your own motives are. Is your motive to support that person and see what they need or is your motive to see if that person's mad at you? Is your motive to maybe inadvertently give them a little bit of a hard time because you want to know you know, what's up with you? Why haven't you been here kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Just checking in and making sure that your intentions are supportive. Yeah. And I think related to that as well is going in with expectations. Mm -hmm. So going in with into a conversation and expecting that person to be ready to talk, ready to explain what's going on for them. Be open. Yep. Like, no, don't expect that. Instead, what you need to go in with is an open mind and be open to listening and be open to their response and being okay with that response but don't expect them to be ready to talk just because you are ready just because you've noticed something yeah in the same vein I want to mention we do want to be supportive of those individuals around us but at the same time we need to make our boundaries clear right so maybe I'll go back to the barbecue example. Maybe this friend missed a barbecue that had been planned for months and it really hurt your feelings because it was your birthday party barbecue, right? You can have a conversation about that and ask, you know, if everything is okay and try to be supportive with that person. But in that same way, you can also set your boundaries and say, this is how I was affected by this and this is what I need as well. Just because we're supporting someone doesn't mean that we put all of our needs aside. Yeah, and that if we only support the other person and all we do is give, 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 then that's when we burn out. That's when we just don't have the space or the capacity to to support ourselves, never mind the other person. And generally, if we've put ourselves out there and volunteered to be a part of this person's support system, the last thing we want to do is generally burn out because we want to be able to provide some kind of support. But knowing what our limit is, knowing what the limit is of our energy, knowing what the limit of our resources is and the limit of our capacity and capability, that's okay. You know, if somebody is coming to you and you feel like you just don't have the knowledge or the skills, then a way that you can support a person is, you know, encouraging them or providing maybe some more resources. Maybe being like, hey, like, do you want me to join you while you call like this mental health line? Something like that is more than okay as a compromise. 
Yeah, that's a, I think that's a really great point of just knowing when something is too much for you and actually you can't provide support in that way is incredibly important. And I just want to call attention to the fact that we're saying support. So we are supporting the individuals around us and we're seeking to support that person, but we are not seeking to fix what's happening for them, right? Fixing implies that there's something wrong. Fixing implies that it is going to be a permanent solution to whatever that person might be going through. And fixing also implies that you are in control of what that person is experiencing. When in actuality, support is all about doing what you're capable of and what's within your own boundaries, but having that be decided by the person that is receiving that support. Yeah, and talking about it in the sense of we're going to fix this, here's a solution, that adds to the stigma, I think. You know, it adds to the stigma of mental health, of how it's almost a checkbox that if you work hard at, you've like found the perfect solution, it's going to be good for the rest of our lives. But mental health is something that fluctuates over time, is individual. So we want to support it. We don't want to fix mental health. Moving back to stigma, you know, we're talking about how we have these conversations with others, how we have um, the conversations ourselves. And because stigma is so associated with mental health and it kind of is an undercurrent, we have to bear in mind that it is something that we might experience when we're having those conversations. And what do we say if we've noticed someone is being kind of stigmatizing towards us or towards another when we are trying to open up about these things? Yeah, that it's really tough. And yeah, there's <laughs> H- no hitting way. you with the hard questions there, Becky. Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> I'm gonna say boundaries okay. is a good place to start. Mm. In the sense of we can use a sentence or two to kind of place our boundaries out there. So that might be, hey, like, could you explain to me what you mean by that? It could very well be that a person has worded it very terribly. And having a conversation about maybe how that's not a great way of wording things and it's not a helpful way of wording things so that you're educating that other person can be really helpful. And even just kind of straight out setting the boundary of like, hey, I'm not okay with you talking about mental health like that. And maybe explaining our perspective of why can be a really great way of addressing it. And addressing it, sometimes we feel comfortable addressing it in the moment. And sometimes it might be something where we think about it and a day or two later, we reach out to that person and say, hey, you said this the other day and the more I've been thinking about it, the more I think I'm really not okay with it. And I'm going to tell you about why I think it's maybe not the best way to talk about mental health and why I think it's actually stigmatizing. And even offering what I would prefer, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a great way of doing that, of this is what was said, I understand why that might be the case or why you have that view but actually that's how this makes me feel and this is what I would appreciate in the future when we something about mental health comes up I think you can approach the conversations very similarly to how you would approach other topics that are a bit more contentious or have stigma associated with them or are controversial yeah and one thing as well I mean, it always depends on who you're talking to, 100%. the situation and how comfortable you feel talking about it and the space that you are in, in the sense of like the space that you are in like mentally. A huge part of 
stigma comes from a lack of education or a lack of experience of something, right? And even asking the question of, so you said this, can you tell me where that opinion came from? Can you tell me why you think that about mental health? Because I have been in a situation where I've asked that before and then a person kind of was a bit like, um, well, I kind of just been reading about it in the news this way. And then you're like, okay, so what like new like news sources are you reading from this? And then maybe it's not the most well-informed news source and kind of opening up that conversation of, okay, so that's kind of where you've been getting your information from and that's how you formed your opinion, your belief. But actually, this is the way I think about it and this is my belief around about mental health. And if you want, I'd be more than happy to send you some resources about that if you want to kind of open up about it and have a chat about it. I think that that is an A-plus way of going about a conversation And ideally, both individuals would be able to have that conversation in a respectful and productive way. Um, We know that situations aren't always ideal Mm -hmm. and we always can't keep our cool. I know that I have trouble sometimes um, keeping my cool and, you know, trying to understand someone else's beliefs when I feel offended Mm -hmm. or when I feel as though I've been targeted in a conversation or something like that. So it's also just checking in with ourselves before we engage in that conversation. If we know that we're feeling a bit hurt, we're feeling a little bit attacked, then maybe opening up that conversation right now isn't going to be the best thing for our mental health and it's also not going to be the best situation to educate someone about it. And maybe we don't even have the energy to educate that person about it and that's okay. Yeah, and also it comes down to that expectations, right? Just because I am willing to tell somebody about why I have these beliefs and thoughts around mental health doesn't mean that person is going to want to do that, is going to even want to care about it, which is really tough when it's something that I care a lot about and and I'm passionate about in reducing that stigma. So when somebody else isn't, sometimes it's like the most frustrating thing on earth. Um, So yeah, trying to not have the expectation that this person's also ready to have a educationally informed conversation and like you say maybe actually what I need to do is walk away from that situation and acknowledge I'm not in control of that person's behavior or thought process that's okay but what I can do is concentrate on myself right now for a little bit of self-care because right now I'm like a 10 on my anger scale. I think the most important thing that you said in that entire in the sentence was I'm not in control of someone else's thoughts, feelings, and behavior. So when we're talking about mental health, when we're talking about support, how to support ourselves and how to support others, what we need to always remember is that we are not in control of other people's thoughts, other people's beliefs, other people's opinions, other people's feelings. That's something that we have no control over. We can try to be supportive. We can try to educate. We can try to have these conversations. But at the end of the day, you are the most important person for yourself. And as long as you are able to support yourself in the way that you want to be supported, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Mm-hmm. And if you're not being supported by those current support systems that you're trying to implement in your life, then it's, time you look elsewhere right sometimes what we want or what we might I don't want to yeah what we might want from someone is not what we are going to 
get and that's okay we just need to look elsewhere for that support yeah so I guess maybe just to finish off our podcast today is to just kind of maybe have a final statement around about mental health in the sense that mental health is something that every single person has and has to manage throughout their lives like Olivia said those challenges are going to be completely different for each individual but at the end of the day any kind of mental health challenge um, or having a tricky time with our mental health is completely normal and you're not alone in this if you're ever having a tough time with your mental health there are plenty of supports out there, whether that is those professional supports or, you know, if you are very lucky and you have a very understanding family or supportive family, a good support structure, um, that's amazing. But at the end of the day, that you're not alone in managing mental health or mental health challenges. Yeah, I love that. That's great. We're all peers. We're all just trying to get through this tough time. Well, that's the thing. We're all just trying to manage everything, right? We're all just trying to get through it. We're all just doing the best that we can. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so I guess we'll tie up there. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our podcast. Shout out again to Studio at Staples and the amazing Matt at Studio Staples for letting us use their podcast booth and donating it to us today. Thank you. And have a great rest of your evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.